All right. Uh, welcome back to Homeschool, episode 36, the podcast where Andrew Rivers and I uh, do a bunch of about 10 minutes of monologue jokes and then talk about our lives and what's going on in our lives, comedy and what's going on in the world. So basically just comedy and what's going on in the world because our lives have nothing going on. Uh, we have a guest every week and they laugh or don't laugh or talk shit, whatever they do this week. Um, this is, did this, this is, you almost got hit in the face by Chuck Liddell. It's Brandon yes. Loom, by the way. Brandon Loom, yes. everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Once got hit in the face almost by Chuck Liddell. Uh, and uh, after dodging that brain damage, that would have really sad. That would have killed you, I think. I don't think it would have damaged Pretty much, your brain. Yeah. <laughs> I was also CEO and founder of Big Laugh Comedy. The uh, Austin-based, is that fair to say? Austin-based yeah, yeah. comedy production company. Welcome. Glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, fellas. Two of my favorite people from Tacoma. So, yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm and, glad you guys. Uh, and- I'd rather be known from Tacoma. Yeah. I'm, that's <laughs> Tacoma. Let's, I'll take that. <laughs> it's bad when it's bad when Tacoma's better than the city that you that you're actually from. Wait, no, yeah, are we're, you from Seattle? We're both we're both right there in, in Tacoma. Basically, I'm a little bit far. <laughs> yeah. What um? What do you got before we get started? What do you have coming up shows wise for Big Laugh? Oh man, we got lots of good stuff. So we got um, Matt Reif this weekend. We have that every week. We got Death Squad Secret Show, which always brings out some of the best of the new locals here in Austin, uh, meaning like Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, Fahim Anwar. Sometimes we'll get Joe Rogan, Ron White that'll pop in. So those are always a, a big uh, audience draw. And then, um, yeah, man, then we got, uh, we got possibly some bigger shows coming up in a couple of weeks. Got a, I'm still waiting to get word. It's getting a little close, but uh, it is what it is. And then we got Brendan Schaub is coming in for five shows. At uh, the end of April, and then man, we just keep keep rolling. We got Daniel Rawlings in May. We got Eddie Griffin in in July. We Jeez. got Trevor Wallace coming down. So, <laughs> so no more Andrew and Corey is what I'm hearing. Uh, no, <laughs> no yeah. Corey, you can wow. come MC sometime. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to. You can do a uh, guest Andrew, spot you if you happen to be in town. <laughs> um, yeah. Got- uh, the Dope Show, uh, April 16th at the Everett Theater. Oh, nice. Um, that'll be fun. Uh, the Tacoma Comedy Club. Um, what is it, like the 10-year anniversary show coming up? Um, April uh, 18th. And then uh, opening for Mark Norman at Tacoma Comedy Club, May. Um, geez, is that already May? Yeah, May 29th. No, April 29th through May 1st. There you go. There we go. Cool. I'm uh, at uh, Spokane Comedy Club, April 8th through the 11th, Kelsey Cook. And then uh, Tacoma Comedy Club, May 13th through 15th with Chad frickin' Daniels. And uh, a bunch of other little things here and there. Country Club, I'm doing a country club show. Um, nice. uh, and I finagled uh, 18 holes of golf, of golf out of them. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're like, we're going to pay you too. And I was like, oh, sure. I don't know. <laughs> uh so that's what i got coming up let's do the jokes we should do the jokes we say andrew uh sounds good three second pause first though because i don't know how to edit things 
Hey, welcome back to Homeschool Podcast, episode 36. Hey, March Madness is in full swing. Uh, Corey, did you fill out your bracket yet? Yeah, yeah, it's already busted. I had Deep State in my Sweet 16. So. Oh, wow. I, I've heard Jeffrey Epstein attended a lot of Sweet 16s. Um, oh, I've, I've, I didn't mean basketball. <laughs> I meant... Uh, I meant like for COVID strains. Did you fill out a COVID bracket? Like South Africa is the favorite, uh, but don't sleep on that new Brazil variant. It's going to get crazy. Oh, uh, I didn't. But all I know is I had Virginia going all the way and they're already out. Oh, yeah. Your actual hoops bracket. Yeah. No, no. Virginia's a girl I met on Tinder. I thought she'd go all the way based on her profile, but <laughs> she was out very early. <laughs> <laughs> unmatched very soon that's confusing because i've heard virginia is for lovers yeah but not animal lovers have you heard rabbits and monkeys are about to get a lot less sexy in virginia they uh banned cosmetic testing on them ah <laughs> uh, well sounds like no more pad thai in virginia either <laughs> inside jokes but we get it all right cool Hey, uh, fake pills are flooding the market right now. It's a real tragedy. Schools around the country are warning kids that you may think you're buying Adderall to help with a math test, but instead you're actually buying meth. Ah, it's a meth test instead of a math test. Uh, things have really changed. Uh, I remember when we used to drug test kids, but now we need the kids to test their drugs before they use them. <laughs> This is why we need to get rid of standardized testing and foster a more open learning environment that accounts for different learning styles of each of the drugs. That's right. Uh, schools, by the way, uh, say that now you can distance only three feet instead of the six feet for COVID. I guess it's good that we're teaching them fractions, right? Yeah. Uh Yeah, they already learned that when they were selling dime sacks in middle school, probably. But. <laughs> right. Well, I think the story problem goes like, hey, uh, the governor's approval rating is going down by 25%. So he increased capacity by 25%. What <laughs> time does the train get to Cleveland? Mm. They're like, train? <laughs> What's a train? train. Oh, I've run a train. A train. <laughs> <laughs> I've run a train. Oh, we ran a train on Lucy last week. <laughs> Uh, fun, fun middle school, wherever this uh, <laughs> <No> place <laughs> Cleveland, man. <laughs> yeah, Cleveland, yeah, I gotta get a Cleveland. Hilarious, book me. Oh boy. Uh, how are things uh, over in your neck of the woods? Uh, not Cleveland, but uh, Everett. Well, I was actually just in Arizona for spring training. Ah, uh, baseball season, very exciting. Got to clarify again. No, I was actually training my body to build up immunity to coronavirus. It's wide open down there and zero social distancing. So, mm. and, and we never talk about it on here because I'm I'm jealous and I don't let you talk about it. But uh, how was your other podcast? Did you find any women to interview in Arizona? And yeah, hopefully you didn't see anybody in the minor leagues while you were there. Well, yeah, I, uh, the other podcast is called Stripper Whisper, and I interview strippers, so <laughs> zero minors. Um, That's good. But yes, good. Uh, we put up videos and pictures on Instagram and Patreon. Uh, it actually gets a couple thousand downloads per episode, and maybe that's one way for us to get subscribers on our Patreon. Just put up a bunch of nude photos. Yeah, it's not our, as easy ourselves. as you think. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, I only have two followers on OnlyFans that I've been posting nudes for five months. So uh, <laughs> I think it's a uh, content, not uh, 
<laughs> character <laughs> frequency, <laughs> frequency. <laughs> I don't know. well and i'm subscribed to your only fans i'm one of your only fans uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's really getting sad over here i can't i can't understand why is a podcast about strippers way more popular than two dorky white dudes telling jokes i can't I, maybe brandon has a thought i mean i don't think we'll ever know it's really one of life's great mysteries well, well speaking of strip clubs uh the strip clubs in nashville are giving out free lifetime vip memberships for residents who prove that they're vaccinated oh boy make sure you get vaccinated for a couple other things before you go to those strip clubs you know like hbv oh boy <laughs> all right what are you trying to say sex workers are gross they're dirty they carry diseases you've been very offensive with your jokes this last couple of weeks underprivileged and underrepresented groups of people andrew <laughs> no i meant like everyone should get every vaccine you know like hpv chicken pox regular flu shot all right okay i guess that makes sense i just get very defensive over my girls <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta get that chicken pox vaccine if you're gonna be in the hen house oh oh <laughs> But it's Nashville, you know, it's to remember there's no sex in the champagne room and no teeth either. Yeehaw! All right. <laughs> tooth to tit ratio, folks. Come on. Well, in Tennessee, there's also no champagne in the champagne room. They just have four loco. So. Uh, fun, fun room. Can I take you to the four, four loco room? Because <laughs> uh, you're loco if you spend money on a stripper. Um, we haven't heard from Brandon in a bit. He's subscribing to my other podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's busy. Oh, he's busy wow. looking up my OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> I became, yeah, subscriber number three right now. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Tyler P. All right. Um, uh, there should be a strip club, where, you know, in these uh, red states where like the strippers are naked, but they're only wearing a mask and you just have to pay them to take it off. I think feel like that would be super popular, but uh for the first time since the pandemic started, liquor sales have dropped uh, because comedy clubs are open again and Corey doesn't have to buy his own drinks anymore. So, yeah, My relationship with whiskey is on the rocks lately. Ooh, I get it. That's a neat joke. <laughs> yeah, I don't really drink much anymore. I'm a lightweight uh, two drinks and I'll start looking like Joe Biden, you know, tripping on stairs, slurring my words, rubbing women's shoulders. It's, it's bad news. Bad news. <laughs> Um, well, anyway, up in our uh, in a in a in a blues state, Redmond, Washington, the new slogan slogan is "You stay, we pay." They're offering gift certificates to customers who get a two night stay at a local hotel, which is kind of neat. Way better than Enum Claw, uh, where it's uh, "You stay, we nay." Uh, <laughs> I don't. So <laughs> town, it's a local joke. town. A guy fucked a horse. So it's a little joke. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Ah, uh, no, no, no. He got fucked by the horse. No, I'm sorry. It's My versa. apology. <laughs> Didn't mean to offend the horse. I <laughs> sincerely apologize. Please let me keep my job. Um, Disney on Ice returns to Florida. It's not an ice skating show. They've just moved Walt Disney's frozen corpse back to Florida. Now that COVID is over, they're going to reanimate it oh, wow. to say a bunch of racist stuff. I think he already did. He, why hasn't he been canceled? Uh, but hey, it looks like America's officially back. Um, oh, Disney's the uh, barometer? Well, and the mass shootings. Uh, 
But like our buddy Phil Kopsensky said, it's nice that we can all gather now in groups large enough to be mass murdered again. That's uh Sounds like yeah. it's time to do Sorry. something different with regards to gun control, don't you think? Whoa, a little too soon to be talking about that, huh? Just happened. Well, well, they happen so often. I mean, it's it's always too soon to talk about them. How about we talk about the 400 from 2019? Ah, okay. I think the problem is way too much talking, not enough thinking and praying. So I'm just going to well. think about the mass shootings. <laughs> Let me know how that works. Uh, thoughts and prayers for the massacre of this unfunny podcast this week. But here to save it is our guest, Brandon Lewin, everybody. Make some noise. Save the pod. That's, uh, that's tough. I have, tough. I have a eight on your shoulders. I have a question for you guys, though, real quick. Oh, Just please. to go back yes. to some of this. Six inches. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you well, have a podcast about strippers, right? Um, now it's three, according to the CDC. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the CDC said uh, like, you can stay six inches away. <laughs> what's the what, yeah? What's, what's so the, the question? <laughs> is you seriously have a podcast that you talk to stripper strippers about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Stripper Whisper. I interview them about their lives and what it's like working in the clubs and how we can all be uh, better customers in their wow. spaces. And so you basically I'm of, I'm are getting what's... <laughs> <laughs> so if you know anybody. I do. I, we, we know yeah, yeah. we have a good relationship with the girls down in uh, Red Rose and Yellow Rose down here in Austin, Texas. So oh, I'll make Sounds like Corey and Andrew need a co-headline night and, uh, <laughs> and then we can come tell jokes at your club too. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so wait, you ask them questions about their lives. So they basically are just doing the same thing they do when you pay them at strip clubs. <laughs> Yeah, I just get the info for free. Uh, well, what I always say is it's real. Diff- it was real difficult to get the interviews in person because I had to be like, oh, hey, I got this podcast. I do it in my hotel room. You want to come back with me? And they're like, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about right after your shift? Is that good for you? Um, but uh, there's a lot of sliding into Instagram DMs, a lot of attending strip clubs and just, uh, you know, sort of trying to be personal and say, hey, I'm here to pay you, but I'm also here because I, I do this podcast. And uh, very early on, it became clear that I needed to like really lean into uh, uh, helping people be better customers and helping them normalize their job, uh, you know, on a podcast that hopefully was going to be popular enough that someone would go, oh, I'm not supposed to do that when I'm in a strip club. That's good to know. I didn't know that. Or I am supposed to do this. And uh so we really lean into that. And then um, I shouldn't tells- wear gray sweatpants. I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't understand the Whoa. rules here. Wow. All right. Jeez. I would have never known that if it weren't for Corey and his podcast. <laughs> so uh, what are yeah. some things that you're not supposed to do at a strip club? Like outside? Well, of the so, I mean, if you, if the short of it is, is pay, just pay for everything, everything you're doing, every interaction, every, you know, if you're sitting at the bar, well, I'm just watching the game. No, you're at a strip club. You're watching the strippers. You pay. You go, you tip, you pay, you pay, you pay. Um, and then the biggest one is just learn the rules of the club in the city and follow those to a T. And uh, it really comes to their, their big thing is just don't touch us, you know? Okay. And uh, But some clubs allow a little bit of touching. So, But you have to start with the base level of no touching is allowed of them. 
and then go from there. Until the, proven otherwise. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh -huh. And the vast majority until you get a girl in the in the VIP and she goes, put a finger in my butthole. <laughs> when would that happen? <laughs> Not um, this is another inside <laughs> joke. Yeah, uh, yes. it was going to be the name of this podcast, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> put a finger in my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but then oh, you can inside go from jokes. there. Yeah, it's a joke. but then you can go from there and uh, uh, um, a lot of the vast majority of places like the rules here that you can't touch me, but I can touch you. And I always think like, that's way hot. Like that's way better. I'd rather right. sit on my hands and have a woman touch me than me touch her elbow or, or touch her skin. Like it doesn't. So what it really comes down to is that men are trying to be like, you know, it's a power play for men to yeah. touch them or spank them or, you know, whatever. And they're like, don't, what do you do? Don't. Um, so, uh, it, that's that's the vast majority. I mean, and there's very specific things. So then they tell specific stories, uh, which is your skeleton of the podcast, I guess. But they tell specific stories of like one time a guy asked me to do this or one. That's the way I phrase the question is, what have you been asked to do? Because then they don't have to reveal if they did it or not. <laughs> they can just say, yeah, a guy asked this. And uh, yeah, it depends on how sex positive the woman is. I mean, Salt Lake City is very different than Portland, is very different than Mexico City. I interviewed a woman in Mexico City and she had some stories. And uh, it was pretty wild. Did you have to so delay that podcast? She Because she had like a gang shooting outside of her apartment. Yeah, <laughs> she, uh, she was like, hey, I can't make it home to be interviewed because there's a shooting right outside my house. But uh, can we do next week? And I was like, I mean... <laughs> If you're still uh, alive and available, uh, sure. Um, but she just said it nonchalantly too. So she she was quite the interview. She was a great interview. But I uh, got to get that second season out. We're working on Casey McLean. He's uh, he's my producer and he's got to do a little bit of work for me. And uh, he's doing it for free. So I'm not rushing him. He'll cool. get it done next. He's going to get it done next weekend, I think. And then, but season, season one is out and it's great and it's fun. And, uh, Hell, let's just, just do you have you ever stripped? Let's just switch this interview. To yeah, that. let's <laughs> have you all ever the, all the time. <laughs> That's how I worked Always. my way through college. Yeah. Nice. Um yeah. And Actually, now, I probably, you... I'm, now I do comedy. Uh and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, actually, this is funny. Uh, there's a girl locally who used to be a stripper. Now she's a comedian as well. And uh, we have quite a bit of, uh, like I said, quite a bit of the, the um, adult entertainers that like to come through to the shows uh, as well. And then, you know, we have a relationship with the local strip club. So I'm, I'm, I've always been a fan of strip clubs. My entire mm -hmm. life, I you gained a new subscriber. So um, nice. just thank Great. you for that. Great people yeah. watching. Um, it, but amazing people watching. I uh, so that's all. That's uh, so. I had a vision of someday a live, you know, afternoon live shows. If the podcast got popular enough, so a live podcast at one of the clubs in the afternoon when it's slow and nothing's going on, I can go. Hey, I can bring forty people in. So, you know, at fucking noon and, they're uh, coming for the girl not you let's be honest you know well yeah but, uh, <laughs> if they come for me that'd be great but uh i'm very professional so no they have none of them have done that uh and not good at sex so um <laughs> but yeah so that would that's a vision i have of maybe something someday um 
but uh, yeah, anyway, well, I, I, now I'm very excited to come back to Austin. Uh, I already was. Speaking of Austin, you're that's you're killing it down. It's like the new New York or LA of comedy or something. Yeah, you know that, that's what they keep on saying, man. They uh, Joe Rogan's calling it the mecca. Everyone's hanging on to that word of mecca. I, I guess so. It's just it's blowing up right now, and it's a fun time to be down here. It's a little bit like the Wild West too, uh, which is always interesting. Um, so yeah, man, it's it's a fun time to be in Austin for comedy. That's for sure. A lot of people are also coming here because everywhere else is pretty much closed. I mean, you talk about uh, a red state that is pretty much wide open, but um, we always have like it's so funny because Austin is a blue city inside of a red state. So it's always the governor and the mayor are always having a dick measuring contest. Yeah, it's it's quite entertaining to see how all this uh, unfolds because like the governor was like, oh, vaccines are starting to roll out. Let's just open this up 100% and not require masks. And the, the mayor was like, no, don't be a fucking idiot. Uh, you know, put your mask back on. And it's just always a fun. It's kind of like watching you two uh, do your monologue in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So are or there still places that like require? That's the end of the podcast. We all measure our dicks. <laughs> I got to pull up uh, another window here and get ready. Um, <laughs> pull up Corey's podcast, Patreon. Um, now, are Love there it. still places that require masks? Like, do you, are you ever like walking around and going to get like, you know, Thai food and then the thing says mask and you're like, I left it six blocks away. Cause yeah. Uh, so, most everywhere, even like outside of the city, are still requiring masks. Because uh, again, you know, it's it hasn't disappeared, and people aren't pretty much aren't idiots. So it's it's really up to the businesses because the governor. But there are certain like you know places in Texas where either the, it didn't spread very much, or they just don't give a shit. So I'm yeah. sure they don't have that. Um, but everywhere that I've been to, it's pretty much you have to wear a mask. Um, some people don't wear them and then they don't really, you know, try to force them because they don't want to be the next viral video um, on the Internet. So, yeah, and it's not it's not worth it was, I think, in some yeah. circumstances like fuck that. But I got recently tested in um, for rapid tests because we're constantly, you know, doing shows and got to be careful. And I got one the other day and the, the doctor just told me what you guys said, the three feet distance and also told me that hand sanitizer is not work, doesn't work at all, um, that you're actually not supposed to do that. It's like the little pumps and the rubbing your hands is all mental, doesn't do shit for you. You have to actually wash your hands and scrub it for like 60 seconds for it to actually work. Um, but then it's also if you don't shake someone's hand, it might be contagious uh, and you don't touch your mouth, you're fine, three feet. So it's it's the rules of change, which is great because in all honesty, I mean, we came in this shit not knowing what the hell was going on. And it was too short of a period of time to really figure out like what the real requirements and how things spread. So, I mean, if you look at any study, it takes like years to analyze all the data and we didn't have that time. So we're just kind of pulling shit out of our asses and hoping that it, it, it worked. And so, I mean, it is what it is, but it's it's good to see kind of some of this stuff change. And down here, it's it's uh, just a little bit different. I We have all sorts of people. We have people who come to the show. People wear masks the whole time. Some people, a lot of people are vaccinated too in Austin and, and Texas. Um, and then you have some people who are just like, oh, I'm sick of wearing these fucking masks. They suck, blah, blah, blah. 
was like, all right. And then you ask people, always the comedians are like, how many people have had COVID in like half the room? So, I mean, pretty much all of Texas and Austin have had COVID. So it's just, it's okay now. Yeah. I uh, do. Yes. I'm curious about that with um, business. You know, I run a monthly show and I just can't imagine a scenario of me being like, let's start the show again. And then three people get it. So maybe at my show, maybe not, you know, yeah. but that's, that might be where they attribute it to for whatever reason. And uh, then all of a sudden people are mad at me for doing a show. Does that, do you have any paranoia about that or are you? Oh, all the time. Like, I mean, well? that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what we always say is we always require people wear the mask in, sit down. It's kind of like the restaurant um, sure. requirements that they have. But the main thing is that, if people aren't comfortable, don't come out. You know, we don't force people who are not sitting there over the internet, holding guns to people's heads. So if they're not comfortable, they can stay home and, yeah. and not participate. Uh, the other thing is that, um, you know, we've had, for the most part, we haven't had, I mean, knock on wood, we haven't had any comedians who come in from out of town, um, you know, leave with COVID. We don't, we haven't heard of anyone complaining about catching it at one of our events. Um, I have had a few people ask for refunds that they weren't able to make it because they got they got COVID or somebody in their party got COVID, which I was like 100%. I mean, I mostly refund everybody for the most part. Yeah. Like I say no refunds on my tickets. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that like, unless you're like some asshole um, and you give me some sort of excuse, whether it's bullshit or not, I'm going to give you your money back. I just think it's the right thing to do. And especially with COVID, I was like, hell yeah. I'm like, I was like, I'm, I'll give you a tip too. How about 20 bucks extra or like a free table the next time you want to come back? Thanks because for it's not just... coming to our show while you have a disease. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I by mean, the way, we're keeping day... your money. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> They're like, fuck yeah. Yes, I think uh... my coffin. that's great. That's great. And I think you're right. At this point, over a year in, if you're choosing to go out, um, you know what you're you're getting into, and if you then turn around and become a you know a Ken or a Karen or whatever, and, and then it's like, well, come on, what, what are we doing here? Um, and I like what I, I mean, you said it, but I like when all the um, data changes for the better. I think that's mm-hmm. awesome. But a lot yeah. of people are like, see, it's bullshit. And you're like, no, it's good when the data changes for the better. You know, like that's a good thing. My brother just sent me a CDC article that. If Moderna and Pfizer, the first shot is uh, about 80% effective uh, at keeping you from, uh, if it was a, I don't know if it was a, the breadth of the study was big enough to trust it, but I was pretty like, oh, that's good. Cause I've had one and I'm getting the other one, the second Saturday. And nice. at that point, I'm going to kind of feel like a, you know, bit of a free for all. I'm already kind of out and about, but uh, um yeah, I mean, I think that's great. It sounds like you're doing a great job, and man, it's really growing. So, congratulations on all that shit, man. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. It's it's been fun, you know. Um, it's just uh, <clears throat> comedy is is a necessity. I mean, in my eyes, I know you guys didn't have comedy for a while up there, and y'all were hurting pretty bad. And it, it's just like both ends, right? Like the the comedians suffer from not being able to tell jokes until you guys craft, and then. The people are sitting there and fucking sitting indoors watching a bunch of bullshit or, you know, jerking off or whatever they're doing. I don't know if, if people are even jerking off because it's kind of depressing when you're just sitting at home. So unless you're just like popping. Well, depression and, uh, and and masturbating usually go hand in hand. So <laughs> I literally watch uh, a bullshit and jerk off. So uh, <laughs> 
it's been that bad. Um, that's cool. Your uh, so yeah, but we're we're kind of out and about. Andrew had a um, I just went on a little vacation, did a guest spot, but Andrew actually he had a college kid in the Dakotas this week. Or oh yeah, Dakotas. South Dakota. It was real nice. fucked up because it was like a Wednesday night, so it was like midweek, and uh, you know not a lot of direct flights into South Dakota, so. Uh, I mean, it's just a brutal travel. So I'd take like an overnight flight and I uh, had to stop in Chicago. So I'm like flying past the city I'm supposed to go to and then flying back two hours and I'm just like pissed off. And so I get, you know, three hours of plane sleep and then do this. I get to I bring a, a head like the bomb squad called on me at the airport because I bring a bag of like uh, food. It's just like powdered food. And uh, because it's such an impossible because also with COVID, I don't know if you've done a lot of traveling, but like airport restaurants are basically all closed. So you can only buy like Cheez-Its and Diet Coke. And so you're not getting like a decent meal for, you know, eight hours, basically, if you're traveling. So I always bring this big thing, but I always put it in my check bags. <clears throat> and then uh, but this was just a 24 hour trip. So I was like, I'll just throw it in a carry on. I'll only bring a carry on. But then I get to the airport at like, you know, 1130 for my flight and and uh, and they they it triggers an alarm and they have to make 17 phone calls. And like it takes like 30 minutes for this guy to come downstairs and he looks all disheveled. I'm like, that's what a bomb guy would look like, you know, and he's got like a, a bomber or a, bo- or a yeah, bomb yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, like uh, closely. <laughs> Um, he's going to put more explosive stuff in it. So it actually goes the off. The only difference uh, between a bomber and a bomb squad tester is like motivation. Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they but, spend, uh, you know, they open up the bag and they have to like, the guy goes, Hey, I'm going to sample some of this. Is that okay? I go have a blast. And, uh, and then, um, and then I just left it in South Dakota because I was like, if it takes 30 minutes at SeaTac, I don't know if South Dakota Regional Airport's gonna have a bomb guy on call, you know. <laughs> Wait, they, fly sam- a guy they, in. they sampled that for you? Yeah, like, so they, they open it up food? and they take a little thing and they scoop it into some uh something. Uh oh, did you disappear? Did you leave? Oh, he All left right. the zoom in the middle. All yeah. right. <laughs> I, I was asked the question. I the left. jokes were fine, but Andrew's story was just trash. I had to boring. <laughs> Can we get back to the strippers? Um so yeah, just a whole 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 uh whole mess test of kit it, but, and shake it up yeah. or something and uh yeah if it turns blue it's fine and uh, whatever who knows but, i thought they uh, were like dipping their finger in to like taste <laughs> he's food. like this is a yeah. good shit <laughs> he's got a knife and he's <laughs> i had uh i had a one time where they just kept two times over the course of maybe a month they kept testing bomb bomb residue, residue or whatever. on yeah, yeah. my backpack and i was like i don't are they like do you I don't know. Were you in the military? And I was like, I'm a substitute teacher. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, comedian. I'm. Oh, uh, school gunpowder, school shootings. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wouldn't sense. even know. And uh, they're like, huh? Well, let's see. And they just couldn't figure out what it was. And uh, it was, I was. It was mostly happening on like these magnets. I would give away, or it seemed like that's where. So I was like, I don't. I buy magnets from some company, and just, I, I'm trying. I'm like spitballing trying to help them <laughs> like maybe it's this <laughs> they're like have you been to a military base recently and i was like i have not uh 
So I uh, never got to the bottom of it. And that was, it was two times though, which was really weird. One time I'd be like, ah, you know, it's just a, it's, you know. Did you stop bringing the magnets? And I did, because I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. So, yeah. or I put them in the, put them in the check bags. Checked bag. So yeah, I just uh, got, uh, I mean, we already talked about on the podcast, but I missed a flight because I was just an idiot and <clears throat> checked a bag, but it's becoming more and more difficult to just breeze through uh yeah. you know for the last year you could just oh yeah just like boom and now it's like uh the the parking garage where you park your car that's busy so the shuttle is uh oh, we missed that shuttle the next one's five you know and then the the lines are longer and, and so it's over all the all the advantages all of the traveling perks. are gone so if you missed it you missed <laughs> it but so is COVID. so hey <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's funny too is like i did a i did a bar gig up in uh, monroe the other day and you know it was only supposed to be 50 percent capacity but it's i was like looking around i was like i don't see any empty seats <laughs> and uh and then it was so funny because it's such a small like little bar that like people would sit at their table and then they'd like oh i'm gonna go to the bar and get a drink and they'd put on a mask and they walk like five feet and then they go order their drink and then walk back five feet to where they're sitting and take their mask off. And I was kind of like, are we, what are we doing here? You know, I'm like in a corner in this packed bar or whatever, but <laughs> I was like, I don't think you can open up 25% and be like, all right, everybody just chill out. You know, I think, yeah, well, I think you can do, that's what I think. I think the lower the percentage <laughs> you can, but once you get to 50, it's like negligent. You can't even tell like, they're like, well, our capacity is 200. And you're like, yeah, but 200 people can't be in here. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, it, yeah, it's yeah. it's not even capacity. the capacity. But it's not even the capacity that they're really trying to, like, that, that affects It's like fire COVID. code, right? Well, it's not even that. But, like, the, the capacity, it's like, the, the fact of the matter is, is you have to have the distance, right? Like, whatever the CDC right. says the distance that's is. That's, for, yeah, right. That's really the measurement because... Even if you're at 50%, but if you can't fit 50% within like six feet or six three feet, feet whatever, yeah. it doesn't make any fucking sense. So it's it's yeah. all kind of fucking ass back. Yeah, I was like, what would this look like at 100%? Just people on top of each other? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> you know? this, this, this place is an orgy, apparently. If, if, <laughs> well, one show I did like, was supposed to be at 25, and then the next month it got switched. So I said to him, I go, hey, well, this is a, uh, I was like, could we, pay a little bit more to the comedians. You're going to be able to be at 50%, which is nice. And he's like, Oh, I was at 50% last time. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize that, but uh, all right, good to know. Um, but yeah, that's cool. I mean, uh, and uh, I was at a, it was interesting. I went to a water park, like a, you know, 12 year old boy yesterday at, down in Arizona. And it was just an interesting. Um, so you were scouting minors. Experience <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> Team Epstein. Um, <laughs> future yeah i'm not gonna okay i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna engage in any of them um no so, comment but like there was a yeah there was like no requirement but there were people wearing masks but then there was outdoors and it was a whole thing and it's like i'm for anything that reduces the likelihood uh and also with also the recognition of some things are a bit silly and um you know what are you gonna do but like a water park outdoors just so funny to like see people in masks and then like it's falling off while they're in the water yeah. and you're like i don't i mean you i mean like 
you can barely keep your shorts on sometimes on those slides. <laughs> At least that's what yeah, I told we were, the cops. We were but, hoping uh, for a few. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. We went, we went down at one slide and there was a, I asked if things ever fall off and the guy's like, Oh yeah. And the girl behind us was like, what? what? <laughs> we like, and so we went at the bottom, we waited like creeps and she's like, so you're like, Hey, let me help you tie this yeah, a little, <laughs> a little tighter, make it real loose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've always been interested by the uh, the danger of a water slide. Like, there's so much trust they put into like, because they're like, you got to cross your ankles and put your head back and cross your arms and do this. And I'm like, they just the the business of it is so. I mean, forget running a comedy show in Austin with a little bit of COVID floating around. I mean, I just own a business where people just they're just like oh you're 52 inches well then you're gonna be entirely fine <laughs> like yeah they don't account for the fact that i might go ah! <laughs> like and just or that i can't swim or like there's no no other questions other than height <laughs> that's the only i just want to show a vaccine card and a swimming test card to prove that you <laughs> i guess i don't get the I, want... bit. I i'd be paranoid non-stop as somebody like i'd be calling every few hours like did anybody get hurt maybe it's just people must just not get hurt on these water slides because i want to know what happens if you don't cross your legs though or like you don't I cross know. your arms you know but yeah you gotta see... that you gotta account for that person too the person that when you tell them something they're like oh, i i got this <laughs> you're like they're gonna i don't know but nobody gets hurt as far as i can tell with the, what made me think of it is there was this little kid who was really nervous and we were all trying to like talk him into doing it. We're like, you're going to be fine. This is going to be great. You're going to love it. And then I got to, I, and then I go, Hey man, cause he was so nervous. I go, Hey, me and my brother, we're going to go down and you looked at the bottom. We'll give you the thumbs up at the bottom and let you know that it's just fine. And his dad was like, Oh, thanks. So we did it. And I got to the bottom and I was like, look at my brother. Like, I don't think I can thumbs up this. <laughs> like that was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and, Maybe. <laughs> and it seemed pretty dangerous. And so I just was like, uh. and then I was like, oh, now I'm responsible for this kid. He's going to get to the bottom yeah. and be like, fuck you and fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> He won't be I able to do that. Died. He's going to be missing. Uh, he's going to have a concussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he'll, he'll have to, uh, uh, the yeah, U.S. Anyway. Consumer Product Safety Commission reported that 4,200 people had to visit the hospital in 2015 for injuries sustained at public water parks. These uh -huh. ranged from scrapes and concussions to broken limbs and spinal injuries. Spinal. Oh, boy. They were running. That's the problem. It says no running. Yeah, everywhere don't too. don't dive. Don't Everyone run. knows don't you run. don't dive in the shallow end. Don't run. But we will send you 80 miles per hour down this tube. <laughs> but don't uh, run. A 10-year-old uh, anyway. died in Kansas uh, gotcha, while riding yes. a water. His raft went airborne during the ascent of a second hill. It impacted a metal support of the netting and decapitated him. So, I mean, it's oh, oh, shit. shit. <laughs> That's the about. fucking extreme, man. Jesus. I, I went and to was... a water park during COVID. We went to indoor water park. And talk, so talk about like, I was very nervous because they're like, you know, it's like it People was the middle. Peeing in the water and fucking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> breathing. There's no Small little big yeah. COVID and HPV. <laughs> so that's exciting. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, there's like fucking piss water everywhere. But my, my son was the same type of way, man. He's he's younger. He's like seven years old, but he's not like tall enough to ride most of the rides. But I wasn't even paying attention that you had to be a certain height. 
I was throwing him on there and he was fine for the most part. I mean, there's one time he almost flew off. <laughs> Luckily he held on. We were on this big almost raft. got decapitated once. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I shouldn't tell this story. But he was 56 you know. inches, so he went over the pole <laughs> instead of under it. So it worked out. Field goal. It was good. Um, they should, yeah, that, that that should be a ride, you know, when you flo- throw off a younger kid and goes through, like, the field goal yeah, post. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, but that, that shit, like, is wild. And and those, and my, I try to, like, you were talking about your, you know, trying to make the, the kid feel better about it. I try to get my daughter, who's older, and she just doesn't have that. My son's fearless. My daughter is a scary cat. And so, like, she tries to get on there, and she's, like, sitting at the top, like, boo-hoo crying. And as a parent, I'm just like, ah, whatever, go back down. And and everyone's trying to, like, rally her. And I was like, you know what? Probably not to. Like, she probably should go down there because, like, the nightmares and all the shit you got to deal with, deal with afterwards is not a fun experience as a parent. Because that's when, like, they don't tell you about that shit when you become, when you get someone pregnant. They don't say, hey, you know what? You're going to have to wake up in the middle of the night even when they're 10 years old because they're scared of falling off a ride or because you show them a scary movie or something along those lines, you know, there's, there's not those disclaimers that come out. Um, But yeah, man, they just tell you not to shake them. And then (laughs) (laughs) good luck. All right. But in 10 years, can I throw them down a tube? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can do that. That's fine. What's uh? What if the ride tall. goes like this? Is that fine? Can we shake him on a ride? Is that? There was what we did. We played laser tag, and there was one guy carrying around his baby, running. Oh my god! <laughs> he's blocking his his. Uh, I did. His I was like, he's blocking your, <laughs> he's blocking your thing, man. It's bullshit. <laughs> also, <laughs> I think you're shaking your baby. <laughs> uh, he's trying to learn how to use guns at an early age. Just pull the trigger. Nah, right? Yeah, well, just to be safe in school. Um, <laughs> did you, uh, did you get any, uh, so you get, you're getting some famous people to perform and it sounds like you're yeah. getting some, uh, some uh, strippers oh, you- to, you know, adult, adult work. Are you getting like famous people to attend? Uh, yeah, so shows? we anybody actually. From the, anybody from The Bachelor that's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, so we actually. Uh, we had um, we had a, a scenario where Elon Musk was spotted in the club, um, and Elon, as you guys know, moved down to Austin, Texas. And so we actually um, it was it was actually I think it was three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Um, we had a death squad show, and so Rogan was in the house, and everyone knows that Rogan's friends with Elon, and and so everyone was like, "Oh my God, Elon's in the house!" And I saw this one one comedian that's helping us out, like as a, like an associate producer, he's like, spotted me, he's like, go around the bar. And we walk around the bar, he's like, hey dude, he's like, Elon is in the green room. I was like, Elon who? He's like, Elon Musk. I was like, you get <laughs> Oh, that Elon, me. there's so many yeah. Elons. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny, I actually have, I have a friend whose name Elon. Uh, it's not spelled the same way. Oh, you but, never hear uh, it without the last name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I was like, oh shit. So I go booking it down. Uh, the room and I'm going to Nick who's the owner of Vulcan and uh, Sarah who also helps us out with the shows and I'm like hey guys I'm like you know Elon Musk is in the green room and Nick gives me this kind of like look like what the fuck are you talking about and and then he goes that's a comedian I was like you gotta be fucking kidding me he's like dude he's that's the guy who's playing this weekend 
It was Steve Byrne. So the guy oh. thought Steve Byrne was Elon in his suit. Yes. Oh, well, he was even wearing a suit. He was wearing like a button up, like long, like what looked like a raincoat. And oh, so, funny. And, and so he wasn't wearing his typical outfit. So like, I think that's what kind of threw people off. But then I, Steve came down because he was about to go up and do a set. And I was like, hey, dude, I'm like, they actually, uh, one of the guys thought you were, you were Elon Musk. And so he got on stage and did 10 minutes of uh, that shit. So and you should like, have introduced yeah, him. The- Elon Musk, everybody. Welcome yeah. Elon to the show. <laughs> um, I'm pretty, I think that's, that's actually how I asked the guy to introduce him. And he, I, I'm pretty sure he did do that. And he got up there and he was like, yeah, I'm the fat, bloated, half Asian Elon Musk. And, <laughs> and so it, it was, it was fucking hilarious. So that same show, Steve, uh, there's a, a local comedian. Well, he's not local, but he's uh, a regular on the Kill Tony podcast. His name is Michael LaHare, and he's uh, he has AL, ALS, and so he's in a wheelchair, and he does he does he does like 15 minutes. It's solid. Motherfucker kills it every time he goes up there. And he didn't. He went up earlier in the night. Steve didn't see him up there, and and um, Michael was sitting next to this chick uh, at, at front of the stage, and just like you know, hanging out. And Steve starts talking to him and then he starts asking him questions like, hey, man, how fast does that thing go? And he was like uh, 10 miles an hour or some shit like that. He's like, prove it. And so sure enough, he comes like speeding around the corner and then books it down the back path of the fucking comedy club. And it was the fucking funniest thing I've seen in a long time. And And everyone's just cheering and going fucking crazy. And you have the, you know, fat, half Asian Elon Musk on stage telling, <laughs> telling He's like, comedian. I created that device. <laughs> uh, I made that. Uh, I'm controlling it right now with this uh, app on my phone, actually. Uh, that's wild. Um, that's really funny. But uh, that guy, uh, yeah, I think I've seen that guy on Kill Tony. That's funny. And you know, you, you've met... Uh, um, our buddy so, from the Seattle area, we, a couple of our buddies from the Seattle area moved down there. Rice man. I don't know if rice man's done anything with you. Not yet. No. And, uh, uh, Fahim. Well, Fahim is, uh, he's from he's, Seattle he's moved, though, right? He's moved down there. Yeah. He, he moved down here. He's been down here for a few months now and he's, we've done a, a few shows with him. Dude is fucking hilarious. And one thing I love about that guy is he like, even though he has very similar uh, jokes, his set is never the same. And it's like every time he's got new shit that he's working on or he's riffing off of something else, it's just incredible to watch. Um, he's constantly doing it. He's very like smart. It's like he's extremely. constantly like, a, a, he's always got his like, laptop with him and he's always like making a chart of like what joke he did on what date and how it did with the like number system and shit. Yeah. Wow, geez. Well, he was an engineer uh, before he became right. a comedian. And so, yeah, like that's just how his brain works. It's incredible. To, I used to like, do that at I- the beginning, but it was like, I wasn't good. So it was like B plus and everyone <laughs> was like, that was not a B plus. So <laughs> Uh, Terry Taylor used to make fun of me. He'd be like, "What grade you give yourself on that?" I'm like, "God damn it! I know it's about to happen." <laughs> yeah. Why do they stop at F? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, well, yeah, but I was thinking like a like an open. Well, he's more than an open micer, but Adam Lucky. I don't know. I think he's come through. Yeah. Done a, a couple Adam, of sets. Yeah, Adam is killing it down here. I mean, 
as far as like coming down and being kind of newer into the scene, he's been crushing. Right. He's got his own show now down here that he does on a weekly basis. And then yeah, he did kill Tony a couple times. And he, the first time he did it, he crushed it so much so that that's why red band put him on the secret show. The, yeah. Yeah. And then he's been back a few times. Um, he, and he does great, you know, like he's, he's got some, he's, got dark material i don't know what it is about you guys but you some of you guys have some dark <laughs> material from the pacific northwest man yeah, um how we keep it from killing ourselves you know <laughs> <laughs> we make audience members kill themselves and say it's out better uh but adam's great man i love that guy he's he's awesome hustling his ass off funny dude um yeah and then another guy uh from your area from the seattle area adam ray bigger guy he just he was just down here uh he spent some time in texas as well just to be able to like work some shit out but he um he did this weekend and he crushed um but he he, he's so interesting because he does such great crowd work and like he did this he did like 15 minutes the other day on some guy and he was asking him about uh reality shows and the guy said he liked tiger king and somehow that conversation led into another audience member who actually owned a bangle and it was like it was the most fucking hilarious interaction because obviously it wasn't planned but it couldn't have been like the better like mixture of people in the same area it was fucking hilarious man and he he brought he's doing a he's got a new podcast coming out actually um so i'm gonna selflessly or uh, shamelessly plug his his podcast but sure. he's doing a podcast with um chuck liddell he actually has one coming out and uh i'm pretty sure it's it's there's uh, uh news about that but um i hope i'm Speaking not about a guy who gets topless a lot <laughs> <laughs> strippers all right i'll interview him <laughs> um for sure uh so chuck came by on friday night and he was so it's always funny because when you get like celebrities and people who are well known they want to come through the back door, obviously. They don't want to be seen. They want to go through the front door. Um, so I, I mean, they've, the they've had sex in a vagina so many times that they need a different <laughs> way to need something a little tighter, you know, dirtier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's why they escorted me in the back, and then they were like, No, we're gonna bring you around to the front because <laughs> you haven't heard, earned that status yeah, yet. No, we need more people <laughs> to see that there is something going on here because it's <laughs> I'm, yeah, I remember we're doing that. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, so Chuck, so Chuck comes in, and we I go back in the back room to go get him, and uh, he's sitting in the back, and he's got like six people. One of the guys who's got this other podcast locally uh, was bringing him by. So I'm introducing myself to everybody, and there out become out from the like corner comes Chuck Liddell. Right? You know who the fuck Chuck Liddell is, whether he's wearing a mask or not. But he happened to be wearing a mask. And it was a Green Bay's or Green Bay Packers mask. And the only thing I could think of at the time was like, oh, hey, Chuck, what's going on? I'm like, and I'm from Chicago. So I said, go Bears. And Chuck just looks at me like with a dead straight face, puts his head down like this, and then <laughs> pretends to punch me in the fucking face. I didn't flinch. I just want to go on record and say that. Oh. I did not flinch, but he also went really slow. So if he would have went like full speed. Yeah, yeah, that too. But I was like, I, I literally like threw my hands up because I was so excited that Chuck Liddell like pretended to punch me in the face. Uh, I was kind of like yeah, yeah. fanboying out for a little bit, but it was. Is the that like his move? People go I'm Chuck Liddell, sure. and he goes, Ah, oh, I got you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. like when people I'm, come up to us in the airport, they're like, Tell a joke, and you're like, Ah. 
And then punch, I, me, in punch the face. me, punch me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, sure. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. So then you, that's fun. So he hung, he hung out. And then he, not coincidentally, but so wait, is Adam and Chuck doing a podcast together? Or is Chuck a. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they started filming down here in Austin um, at, at one of the other studios in, in the city. And so they start filming here. And then I don't know where they're going to continue to do things because um, Adam's Adam didn't move down here or anything along those lines. And I'm pretty sure Chuck right. doesn't live here either. So I don't know how all that logistics is going to work out, but they've been filming. They got a, a bunch of episodes recorded. Um, and uh, yeah, man. And so it'll be interesting to see how all that kind of comes about, but I'm sure it'll be great. You know, you got, you got Chuck. Chuck's funny though, man. Like he was talking, but he, he is like, he sounds like a fighter. Like he's been hit a couple times in the head, you know? Um, yeah. Just a few. So <laughs> yeah, he sounds like he's been punched in the head a few times. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Like it sounded, it sounds like me when I'm drunk, you know, um, but you know, and, but he was like the nicest guy in the world. And uh, yeah, he was, he was great, man. It was cool to fucking have him come by everyone. Like everyone afterwards that stuck around a little bit, got a picture with them. So Super friendly. What's funny is uh, Floyd Mayweather reads like he's been punched in the face. A lot, but he never gets punched, you know. So it's crazy how that works out, you know. That's true, man. That was fucking. That was a good one, though. You should write hey, that one down. Go back uh, to the film. <laughs> Put it in next week. All right. Well, that's uh, fun. That's great. Well, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean. Growing, I mean, is I mean, you maybe you have inside info here, but everybody says Rogan's like full on starting a club and it's gonna happen and it's weeks away, yeah. or I don't know, but uh, I don't think I don't it's, know if that, it's, I don't think it's a secret, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, a secret. Yeah. He's talked about it all the time on his podcast. I know for a fact that he uh purchased the place, I just won't disclose uh where it is sure. or what it's called yet, but. Uh, yeah, man. He uh, he also hired the the Adam from the comedy store, so he's going to be moving down here to help out with the club. So yeah, they're in full wow. effect, man. Like uh, like I said, Austin's the Wild West. It's it's a wild time to be down here um, because you got like this shift, right? Like New York is always going to be New York. I think LA is going to have a harder time kind of coming back, but it, it's like Austin is really taking over because Rogan set the standards, but. You know, Rogan had a reason, like outside of COVID, he had a reason to move here to a state where taxes are very friendly for businesses because the motherfucker is getting paid so much, like a ridiculous amount of money that, right. of course, he's going to save like $30 million by moving to a state that doesn't tax you as ridiculously as, as uh, California does. So, um, but, you know, with him shifting down here, that's really changed everything and he's brought in a, a ton of people and it's only growing like uh tom segura is moving down here as well i've heard a number of other bigger names are really contemplating about moving down here as well tim tim dylan officially moved yeah. down here um yeah they're just they're flocking and and you know that's why rogan's gonna essentially create the comedy store of austin and he's gonna have a work a room that people can work out their materials all the big names will come through uh, he'll have Adam that that's ran, you know, uh, done a tremendous job with the comedy store and all the talent over there. So it's it's a fun right. time, man. But they're, they're, by the end of this year, like the the crazy thing is that during COVID, Cap City, the only comedy place or comedy club in Austin, the only true comedy yeah. club in Austin, closed down during the pandemic. 
Um, and that really just opened things up. And that's where, like, I saw other people started coming about. And that's where we kind of jumped in and took the opportunity. Now, we did it in a safe manner. I didn't want to just come back and be like, oh, let's start spreading COVID everywhere. I wanted to be yeah. somewhat responsible about it, as I kind of uh, stated earlier. And so we found a really good mixture, our, our partnership with Nick and Vulcan, and they were closed for eight months. And they were looking for new things to do. But and you guys have both been there and you guys were actually, uh, you were number one. And then, uh, Andrew, you were number three as far as the headliners and shows that we had with Vulcan when we first opened up. And both of you guys did tremendous. And thank you guys so much. Well, we're definitely having you guys back. I wanted to say, you're like, oh, now you guys aren't going to have, no, we're bringing you back, but we're, we're strategically building up so we can pack the room without having yeah. you guys have to lift a fucking finger, right? Like, so you sure. guys can come in, get paid. Those are my favorite comedy time. clubs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just show up and tell jokes. We don't have to. Yeah. Um, now I, mean, I saw like Moon Tower did some like a uh, festival thing again. And like, outdoor is, is, is Cap City no. coming back at all? Or do you hear anything? Yeah, so so at by the end of the year, we're gonna see about five to six comedy clubs open up in Austin. Um, yeah. Various ways, uh, Creek in the Cave. Uh, yeah, I saw Creek in the Cave move down there. They, they moved down here, and so Rebecca and then a couple of local comedians, Marty and Colton, um, take, came together to bring down the venue to to Austin, and so that that's gonna be great. Um, it's gonna be a, kind of a different vibe, I feel like, than than what uh, we normally have in, in Austin. And then um, Moon Tower was supposed to do their festival, but they they really actually, uh, they're not doing it this year, not like they normally do it. They're gonna do it okay. a little bit differently um, where they have like three weekends of a couple of headliners come through, like Schultz is one of them, but the, yeah. I think the actual festival won't be happening till next year, um, okay. like they normally have it. And then yeah, I uh, saw they, Tim Dillon headlined a theater as like part of it or something, but maybe that was just a separate uh, thing. Yeah. So Moon Tower has this relationship with Paramount, which is the like typical theater that people play here. Um, and they uh, they worked out a deal where it was just like a comedy club series. So they had a certain right. number of comedians come through. Tim Dillon and it was, was only one. like 400 people in like a 1200 seat theater, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and I thought that was going to be weird. I have yet to go, go to one of the shows just to experience it. But that's what like was going through my head is that it's such a big place to only have a small group of people. I just don't know how you do that without like sacrificing the element of the, the crowd yeah. in the comedy show, you know, like, like the builder like hot dog laughing. in a hallway, but comedy version, you know, <laughs> <laughs> That's the greatest analogy um, for that. Uh, Cancel. Yes. <laughs> Respect. No women have loose vaginas. It's totally normal. I don't know. <laughs> Small penis, uh, man. Come on. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Step up. Um, yeah. So it's been interesting, man. And and uh, you know, and so um, like we're even in the in the market of opening up our own comedy venue as well just having something more full-time Vulcan has been fantastic and we'll continue to do stuff there um for the foreseeable future it's just the demand is there man and and it's it's a austin's a fun place to be at right now if you're in the comedy world you know it's just exciting and always shit coming up and things coming about um and now cap city is is opening up um Okay, so this is this is where this things kind of get interesting, and I don't know how much you guys want to talk about this or not, but I'll, I'll leave it up to you. I'll bring it up. You guys can tell me if you want to 
keep going down this rabbit hole, but boring. Let's get back to strippers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Favorite strip club moment. Go. Um, (laughs) Well, Chuck Liddell walked in and punched my girlfriend in the pussy and uh, (laughs) used her as a puppet. And then he walked out. Um, So, so uh, comedy down here, man. It's just it's so Cap City is about to open up again uh, by the yeah. end of the year, I, I believe. But they have actually got bought out by Helium, um, and oh. so Helium came in and swooped in because Cap City closed down. I mean, they they were at the same place for thirty five years, I believe. Yeah. Um, one of the, wasn't the greatest location, was the greatest setup in the world, but it was really the only comedy club. And there was a reason, though. They were the only comedy club in Austin, even though it continued to grow year after year for for a number of years. And and was basically the hottest growing city in the United States for almost like 10 years straight. Um, But it's because they run things very, I would say, unethically um, when it comes to to comedians, you know, like uh, and and, and it shows because they now have gone over to Helium and Helium actually has come in and, and told told comedians and agents that if they have a relationship with helium and their clubs, they are not allowed to do shows at Vulcan in Austin. Um, and so they, they have an ultimatum essentially. It's like either you can pick us or you can play the Vulcan. And I was just like, how is that a healthy uh, right. business decision for both a comedian and also just the community in general, right? Like that doesn't make any sense. It's like, all right, yeah. I get it. There are, there's competition, but it's a, business and life is all about competition there's not just one of anything like if you go into a larger city there's not one pizza place there's not one strip club um there's sort of makes sense for headliners with a draw kind of like but it it, but for locals it clubs have tried to do that here with like local comics and like features and stuff but it's like that's how a scene grows is by letting comics get on stage everywhere that's possible you know so it, it makes no sense every time i hear about it yeah, I'm sure you guys hear about that all the time. Um, I've, I've been hearing about this more and more is, and, and not just like healing, but other places obviously do the same thing. I mean, I've heard like um, certain comedy clubs banning people and it's it, it for doing silly shit, you know, and it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever to do that type of shit. Or like certain comedy clubs won't play a certain genre of comedy. Like some clubs won't have urban comedians come through. Or certain urban comedy clubs might not have, you know, non-urban comedians come through. And that shit just doesn't make any sense to me at all. It really doesn't. Um, You know, from a marketing perspective, is it better to be, like, focused on one thing? Yeah, but, like, you have an audience that you can attract. And some of those people will carry over into other things. I mean, like, some comedians who start off urban eventually become mainstream. And that's how they really grow, you know? And so... It's like, how do you get those opportunities when you're constraining people to do one particular thing or I think they should ban audiences from going to one. Like if you go to Helium, you're not allowed to Vulcan ever again. It's just like, that'd be so stupid. Yeah, that's a great idea. How dare you support this other? Yeah, yeah. 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 So I've been so when when the shit happened, I was a little outspoken, right? Like I heard about that. Someone told me it. Now, I took it as 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 a as a compliment, actually, because I was like, hey, listen, they they feel threatened, threatened by, by what you, we're yeah. doing. Yep. And so I was like, all right, cool. And I'm like, game on. Let's do this, you know, and 
Um, I just, you know, they're, they're going to have to change their model because even with five clubs in the same city, you're not going to be able to sustain that. Like you, it, comedians are going to see that in there and like, they're going to be like, fuck off. I got so many other opportunities I can get in there. Um, Independent and shows. Uh, yeah. All sorts of stuff, man. So it's right. just, it's, it's silly. Um, now part of that too came like I, I had a, <laughs> this past week, I've had to deal with some BS. I've gotten some backlash from the local uh, community down here because I had a new story come out in the local uh, ABC affiliate um, uh, um, news channel called KVU. And they interviewed me and then they were like, hey, we're doing a comedy. Um, we're doing a segment on comedy. We want to get your take on the comedy scene. And I've been trying to get in the news for, I don't know how fucking long, forever since the pandemic. But obviously during the pandemic, since you they shot up that to... school, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, give me my Porter's attention. has been trying to get out of the news ever since he, uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, without whatever. The, hat, I like, yeah. <laughs> the 16 year old um, that was well, scouting the minors, you know? <laughs> Corey's like, let me cover Chris... up my camera real quick. Uh... Scout. <laughs> Out for Chris D'Elia. Um, yeah. Oh boy, he's back, man. He's making a comeback. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. I feel like um, he but crossed anyway, that bridge. Oh, so 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 I got uh, I got so I, I so I did five minute interview right, and they took fifteen seconds of my five minute interview and made me sound like the biggest asshole in the world yeah and i was i hate blacks cut no i meant black shirts i hate black shirts why did you end it right there yeah that's exactly what happened you know exactly they took something out of context and put it into their own context and made me look like an asshole basically it sounded like i called the uh the comedy scene in austin uh shitty and it was only going to get shittier uh, it's kind of how they, they brought position. these other people in from LA to fix yeah. it. Or no, but I didn't even, it, they, they didn't even say right. that. So they, in their the, mind, you know? Yeah, yeah. But their story was, I said something along those lines, like the comedy scene was, was weak before the pandemic. And then it was only going to get, and it was growing substantially. And then the guy goes cuts and goes, uh, it's going to be quantity over quality for the the time being, but hey, everyone needs a laugh. And not to mention, Cap City is opening up by the end of the year. Uh, you know, and that and that was it. And I spent in my five minute interview, I spent about two minutes talking shit about what Cap City has been doing and why, like, I don't like them. And of course, they like, I'm like, hey, why are you plugging Cap City at the end of my fucking like quote, dude? Like, what the hell? And so it was just, and then. Uh, and then everybody from the that was Brandon with Cap City Comedy Club. So go see Cap City. You're like, what are you doing? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> they Photoshop your hat to say Cap City. What is going on? Uh, I felt I felt raped, man. I like I just I did not know what what happened. You know, I was like, what the fuck? And so it, the story came out at ten o'clock the night that they interviewed me. So you were I drinking at David Dobrik's house, and next thing you know. <laughs> The story comes out and they fucking everyone hates me. Um, the but yeah, man, I um, I got the story in the morning and I watched it when I woke up and I was like, oh shit, they made me look like a fucking asshole. And so I jump onto IG, go live to talk about all this and kind of explain my side and what I was talking about in the context. 
And at that point, the ship has sailed, you know, like people are already made up their mind. The story was out. People were spreading it like a fucking wildfire. And I sent it to one of my buddies who's a journalist as well. He's like, oh, and I was like, hey, man, this is what happened. He's like, oh, don't worry. No one will remember it in like five minutes. And I was like, okay. And like 48 hours later, I'm still getting hate text messages and well, not text messages, but tweets. People were like, one guy like quoted my tweet my my segment quoted what i said and then at the end of it said fuck you brandon on twitter and i was like oh man i'm like i see why like celebrities don't fucking like this shit right like i i, I got like a little tiny taste but i was like fuck people and they're fucking a lot of people are idiots you know it's like once they make up their mind of who you are and there there's really no going back from it in in most circumstances and so i could explain myself from here to to kingdom come and it wouldn't fucking make a difference so um so yeah man i've i've been trying to go on a little pr uh circle going around try to save save face with some some of this shit but you know like in all honesty the comedy scene was a little weak before everything you know and i was i was being honest and not right think- there we will release it just like that <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how to edit so you can't you're lucky (laughs) and this is the time you'll figure it out though that's what's gonna happen nobody listens this far (laughs) in so uh, but uh the scene was well i mean you had yeah i don't you know we had the two clubs one of them you didn't like the other one was pretty alty and uh, i don't know if that plays a role i don't know about the individual comics if they were strong or not strong but i mean there's no denying that there's a stronger i mean you got 10 of the 100 famous most famous comedians in the world in your city right now i mean i you know i don't know anyway i agree man i just like it to to me is like all right was the city the community as strong before definitely not like and would have it prior to covid would joe or these other comedians have moved to to austin from la uh if covid didn't happen probably not like in all honesty it's like this had to happen for this kind of shift And, and, and so if that's the case, if they weren't going to move prior to that, then, then like, yes, the comedy scene was weak. Like it yeah, wasn't going to draw lie? people. Yeah. Where it wasn't drawing people here. It was like what, what this place was, it was a stepping stone. Not to say there wasn't stage time. There wasn't opportunities. There was, but it was a stepping stone. Once someone got pretty good, they went to New York or they went to LA and that was the facts, you know, like even comedians here, strong local comedians, they still left during the pandemic and went, and even with the shift of comedians coming to LA, they still went to LA. Um, and, you know, I've talked to a few of them through all this and they're like, well, it's for, you know, other opportunities of writing or this or that. And I was like, that makes sense. But like, in, in all honesty, like Austin doesn't provide that. And it didn't provide that beforehand. And it probably will in the near future, but right now, like even going to LA, New York, you're probably still going to get more opportunities outside of just doing regular standup. But this is still becoming a really strong standup city. But they're like, oh, you know, like if you were, if I wanted to do standup, I probably would have just stayed in Austin. I was like, first of all, no one just does just standup, right? Like the, you want to get into writing, you want a TV show, you want a movie, you want specials. I mean, are you guys, are you guys just looking for standup opportunities or are you looking for other opportunities? 
uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I like <laughs> yeah. stand up the most, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, we have a podcast for that. I mean, you know, I mean, exactly. at the very least people start with something, uh, I mean, a two podcast. Yeah. So very least you do other things and we would, I'd take anything. <laughs> it was awkward. Yeah. <laughs> if I was to Almost, say, Hey, yeah. Yeah. Corey, come down here. I'm going to pay you to write for a TV show. And I'm also going to give right. you plenty of stand up opportunities. You'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm coming. And like, I'm going to take that part like, out I gotta of learn context. How to there's read. the part I'm, there's the part I'm taking out of context. <laughs> Corey, Corey's like, I gotta learn how here. to write. <laughs> I can, I can read better than Floyd Mayweather, but I can't. Write. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all relative too. I mean, I suppose from the perspective of Austin comedians, just devil's advocate. I mean, I, I suspect they're like, I mean, we had one of the best comedy clubs in the country. We have one of the best festivals in the country. Uh, I think they, I think comedians here, we suck as comedians. If they hear the scene this week, probably is what happens. They probably, you know, they probably like heard sky things. I saw, you know, I don't know, whatever. And you're like, wow, I don't, I don't, what? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, uh, I get it, What's- but I bet you that's what they heard. Oh no, it's it's for sure what they heard. I mean, because you can just yeah. hear it on what what they're upset about. But right. like, so let me ask fuck you a question, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> that's exactly. That's all I need to know. All but right. like for for you guys up in where you guys are located, and this is the scene that you guys came through. If someone new comes into the the comedy scene and says, "Hey, I want to be a stand up comedian. I'm interested in doing it." Do you guys welcome them, or is it like they you have to like kind of put them through the ringer or go through like a hazing stage, like? How is the community up where you guys are at when it comes to we're newer so, people? We're so separated from like what whatever what you would describe as the scene. We just yeah. don't even really have. But I will say, friends of ours are getting like, uh, you know, what would you say? Like critical people are mad that people are still performing. But I'm like, no one said anything to me. So like, right? No one. We don't. We, we're like critiques. kind of above it, you know. We don't, but we, yeah, we get, we don't get, but I'm sure they talk shit privately, but they just don't say anything publicly uh, about anything we do. Uh, uh, so on that same, but on the same note, we have, we have had people who, who've moved here over the years. And from what I can tell, they immediately are able to get work and time and nobody, you know, Vanessa Dawn comes into town from Oklahoma, immediately right. works. Ken Hamlet moves from, wherever he was before immediately gets work and you know can of course and now he's the, yeah going the, our scene is they, pretty yeah. fair in terms of like if you're funny people will find stage time for you so right um you and, know most and, of the clubs are pretty you know fair i think and that's how i feel like you sh- it should be right like but if if someone in if someone was newer to stand up and they came out they saw you guys at a club and they walked up to you and said hey you know what you guys were hilarious obviously you've been doing this for a while I'm just, I'm new to the scene. What do I need to do? Like, how are you? I would have my security guard punch him in the face, probably. (laughs) um... If they open with you're hilarious, I would do anything they want. (laughs) 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 Whatever you say. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I did this college gig and there was an improv troupe that opened for me, a bunch of local students. And so after the show, I spent an hour talking to one of the kids because he was like, I want to get into stand up. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll talk to you. I have no problem talking and we actually teach a class too. So, uh, you know, one of our friends is getting super popular on TikTok. He just hit half a million followers. So, uh, I've even like pulled him aside and been like, all right, here's how you try to capitalize on that, set up some door deals and start, you know, 
uh, get a YouTube channel, start monetizing things. And so, uh, you know, we try our best to be good elderly uh, uh, comedy members. Yeah, and you know, half of it's half of it's giving, and and uh, and and well, I don't know about half and half, but some of some of it's out of our the kindness of our hearts, and a lot of it is like we recognize how important it is to be connected, and uh, and be nice to ever from the, I mean, the, our home club, the servers are the managers now. Um, yeah, that's true. And uh, all you know, all five of our home clubs, the servers are the managers now. And, yeah, the uh, sound guy is uh, the booker now. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, fucking, so yeah. Um, so I think that's an early lesson we learned of like just be really cool to every single person. And like ten and, years ago, uh, I mean, maybe not. Corey didn't go to that yeah. giggles or whatever as much, but they there used to be right. beef between two clubs that were doing the whole like, we'll ban you if you go to this club, and you know, and I always just was like. I don't think you'll do that. So I just worked everywhere and I just ignored their, you know, and eventually they go, all oh, right, you fine. You know, then the other club fine. closes and they're like, all right. Yeah, exactly. And Everything closes down. If, if they get shitty to comics, that's and just now kind we're of both headlining in the one club. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, but you just become undeniable is the one on one hand. And on the other hand is also just be, you know, Louis Anderson was like, be more professional than they expected you to be, be funnier than they expected to be, you to be, and be nicer than they expected you to be. And that will, so that will transcend all sorts of shit that you might deal with. And uh, so I'm just like, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I want to, I want people to do well. And then again, we're disconnected from the scene per se. We just aren't in it really. We're just sort of, uh, we kind of just somehow. Well, it's also because we, like, even if we go to open mic, it's not like, you know, we're not waiting an hour to put our name on the list. We kind of yeah. show up and they go, Oh right, yeah. Come do 10 minutes. And then, right. and then I to fucking the point bounce, that we're, you know? yeah. To the- <laughs> yeah this next comedian he is we're so lucky yeah. and i'm like no 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 yeah yeah no, no please no, don't not. do that yeah, no, yeah, yeah. don't say that but yeah i don't know what it's like in austin in that respect but uh you know anything you can do it sounds like to be like more welcoming and and uh you know a part of you doing these big shows but it, you know also doing smaller shows would be valuable probably to you in your business uh because that's where you get all these great openers if you're doing some like local showcases and stuff like that if you if they're gonna allow you to do it after they hate you <laughs> i don't know man i think they yeah they're like they fucking have voodoo dolls made of me now and they're like poking <laughs> me um but you know like it, it but that's my point of asking that question though is just to right. come back because the the thing was that um the other thing i mentioned when i, I was talking about that people were really hanging on with especially in the local scene here is that I said, I didn't feel welcomed by the community when I started doing standup. And, and because of that, I started doing my own thing. And then even when I was doing my own thing and it was be- becoming successful, um, you know, people, it, it started to shift. And like, even now it shifts, you know, like, uh, it's funny because someone, uh, Ken told me, I talked to Ken about this, right? Ken Hamlet, we, you brought up his name, a uh, mutual friend of ours. And I asked him about this stuff. He's like, dude, just wait. So, like pe- these people are going to forget exactly what you said as soon as you offer them some fucking stage time. Like that's all that's going to happen. And they're just upset because uh, what happened with Austin is that there was like a, a, the community was split in half. 
there was the 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 people who kind of came up, the people who were already running the scene, the bigger comedians, more established. They were running the scene. They were the gatekeepers here. But those most of those people went and stopped doing comedy as soon as COVID hit. And they have yet to come out still. They're waiting to get their vaccines and all that stuff. And that's respectable, right? Like, okay. But comedy was still going on in Austin and people still wanted to see it. And so you had some newer people who either were like newer to the scene or whatever that started to do. Who's returned? That's what the world is like. Exactly. But that's nobody owes you anything. Yeah. That's where they get salty about this shit, though. It's just like they're like they're sitting. And understandably, I would be kind of salty, too. If I was sitting on my fucking hands, not doing anything because I thought it was the right thing to do, which is perfectly fine. But then someone came in and swooped up and took all my fucking mojo. I'd be kind of pissed as well. And so that's where, I, you know, this is where things are going to get interesting over the next few months because more and more of these comedians are coming out. More and more stages are opening up, which is fantastic, um, which means I believe more and more people will be going out and seeing other types of comedy. And so we'll see how this transpires. But, I mean, I, I've always come from from a place of love from the get-go. But at the same time, I, I can – I provide – I like to speak how I see things, right? Like, and if I see something that's weak. And I thought the Austin comedy community wasn't really a community in the first place. Like when you describe a community, you talk about people are welcoming, willing to help each other out. And that's not how it was prior to COVID. Like if I, I was doing it and no one fucking, they gave, they shunned me out. They pushed me down the list. You know, they did all sorts of shit. And then when I started to build up my own stuff, that's when they, they turned um, around and, and rightfully so. Like I was never like, trust me, I was not a good stand up comedian. And I learned that pretty quickly. So I like, I found my path, right? Like I was like, I found my lane and I stayed in that motherfucker. Um, and I was perfectly fine doing that because, you know, I enjoy the business side. I know that comedians don't, you know, most, most comedians aren't business savvy. They don't want to do that. That's why agents have a job. Um, and that's why the managers have a job as well. And so that's where I found my path was down that road, but people were just mad because, I, I said they're not welcoming. They weren't welcoming. They, you know, it wasn't a extremely strong scene. People weren't staying here just for stand up. They were leaving. They were leaving to go find other opportunities. And so now it's shifted and we're in a great place. And I don't really think anyone needs, should be mad. They should be happy. But that's the thing is that the, the Austin people are the, the, at least the comedians, there's like half of those people that are like very like, this is my art. This is all I want to do. This is, I never want to be like big and famous or I don't want to sell out. And then the other ones are just like, you know, then there's the typical ones that want to grow and be really successful. And then you have a ton of people who are moving down here right now that are kind of riding the Joe Rogan uh, coattail, you know, like they come here right. because Joe moved here and all that other shit. And oh, maybe we'll see him out or, you know, maybe I can catch some of his sweat as he's like doing a set or something. Like, you know, there, there's fanboys and girls out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true, lot. man. Yes. Um, but yeah, man. And, and you know, so Joe, Joe's funny. Like the first time I recognize this, Joe's been in the club like probably like six or seven times, maybe even more at this point. But he uh, he he just said it this the last couple times he was out. He called Vulcan. It's uh, his adopted home. And they're adopted home, him and all of his friends. And I was like, oh, man, that's fucking awesome. Like, it's pretty cool. But, like, Joe is so funny. He he walks in there. Now, rightfully so, he's worth a lot of money right now. He's got security guards that follow him around. They, they And they all kind of, like, fit the same body type where they're a little bit shorter and stockier. But when he comes in to club, you could tell it's Joe, but he looks like a 
fucking fighter about to go to the ring. Like he's like <laughs> down low, just like walks through very aggressively. And you're like, and unless he knows you pretty well, he's like, just keeps his head down and rushes through. And it's so fucking funny to me, man. Um, but he, he kills it every single time. And it's great to have people like him. But that's the thing is like, Joe, Joe's a little bit more standoffish, but like Ron White has been in, and not that he's standoffish. He's just selective about who he talks to, but he still talks to the younger comedians. He gives back, he gives pointers. Um, Ron White's the same way. Like it, we have younger comedians that work at the club with us to help us out with the show. And they'll be in the green room or kind of in passing and they might see Ron and they just sit there and listen. And, you know, he'll tell stories and provide like advice and having those guys around, and even like Tony, Tony Hinchcliffe, like um, he, he's around the club quite a bit and you'll see him talking to younger guys, giving them pointers, talk about comedy. And it's great, man. Like that's, that's the thing when I set out to do what we're doing with Big Laugh Comedy, that's something I wanted to provide as an environment that everybody on different levels could come together and help each other out. Like a true blown community. Like that's what a community is. Is that like I would use this as an example. When we moved from Chicago, I moved from Chicago about six years ago. Uh, we moved, my, my wife and I, we had two kids. We found out that I have super sperm and got my wife pregnant on our way down to Austin. And so we were moving away from our support system. That was all my family. As you were driving or what? Yeah. 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 You know, um, I just, we, it was one of those unplanned you gotta things. Stay man. Six feet away, you know, <laughs> uh, it's only three for me. I don't need that much. Uh, room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, uh, so, uh, we are, um, so when we came down here, we we didn't have any we had two friends that lived here but didn't have any family we met some friends through like kid stuff and uh but we didn't know them very long and then when my wife had um our last child harper we had for a week straight we didn't fucking have to cook a, a meal like people put together a meal train i've never even heard of this in my life since i moved down to texas and people were just dropping food off people that we barely even fucking knew asking us if we needed any help they were willing to take our you know, two older ones, thankfully they gave them back. And, um, uh, and, and so like, you know, and so it was great to see that it's part of a community, right? That's how I would define a community is that helping each other out, whether you know them or not, and just giving back. And, and that's not how things were, or, or still really are. I mean, if you look at it, like they're getting mad at me because I made a fucking point that you guys weren't doing something that, and in, in the essence of the word should be done. And so they, they weren't treating people like that. And you know what, though, I've had, I can't tell you how many people I've had tell me, obviously behind the scenes, um, tell me how much they agree with me on what I said about everything between the community and like Cap City and like clubs and how they run. And I've got so much support. Yeah, obviously, a lot of people are, you know, kind of afraid to speak up, but I just, you know, they're like, hey, man, I wish I could have said that. But like, I totally agree with you, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes people just have to be that person that, you know, jumps in the line of fire and takes the heat for it, man. And and that's kind of where I'm at. But like, it, it had to be said, because I think now we'll be able to grow better. Like there's a, the, the woman, Rebecca, I, she said this to somebody else who, who told me about it. So I could be mistaken and I doubt she'll see this podcast, but um, she said something along those lines where, uh, as much as I love you guys, I don't know. Um, but it, 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 so, um, but she said something along the lines of, oh man, this is our We stopped community. recording 20 minutes ago. So it's fine. <laughs> 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 
your story sucks. So we just stopped. Um, <laughs> but we're she, interested. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she said, she said, she said uh, I don't care if you were or aren't, you know, I'll just keep talking anyway. Um, yeah, but she, <laughs> she, uh, she said, um, what did she say? Oh, she said, she said, oh, this set our community back like months, like something like this whole news article and what Brandon said, set us back months. And I was like, did it really set us back months or is it going to lead us in a place where we can hopefully some of these people can reflect on maybe what they were doing prior to all this and become better, right? Like sometimes just the truth has to be said and, and it hurts, but some people need to hear it. And, and for it to, you know, people got to speak up. It's like, we, we've seen this stuff happen throughout, uh, throughout our, our society, especially now with COVID in this last year of 2020, when we saw this from a social justice perspective, I mean, people had to speak up like it was enough was enough. Right. And like someone had to say something and things had to happen and things have to change, but things don't change if you don't talk about them. And, you know, also things don't change if you don't talk about them in a civil manner, because people get mad and they're like, fuck you, Brandon. It's like, all right, well, how are we supposed to accomplish anything now? So um, I, my hope is that people will see this or, or hear what I've been saying. I think you should and, storm the Capitol. I think that really gets people to listen to your. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's a great idea. I'm gonna storm the Texas uh, Capitol here in Austin. Um, <laughs> You're in the city, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, man. Anyway, I didn't want to get like too serious for you guys. I know this is more of a, a comedy right. podcast, but um, yeah, it's just interesting. You know, it's it's mama fucking drama. I don't like it. It uh, it's it's a bunch of BS, but you know sometimes again it's one of those things that have to be said or have to be done, and hopefully we'll we'll see some change from it. So, well, if people aren't even. Uh, I'm not saying you have to be doing stand up right now to be a real comedian, but if you're not even, if you're not writing, if you're not doing, if you're not doing online show, if you're not doing podcast, if you're not doing something this last year, I don't know if I buy that you're really uh, stand up. <laughs> so. Uh, I mean, so, but, but maybe those people are doing a bunch of stuff and they just don't want to do live shows. And that's totally understandable, but it it sounds like it's some people who have just been kind of waiting and not doing anything, hoping that they'd get good to go right back to the way things were. And it's like, well, you don't even have the club are gone. You you, you can't, you're not just going to hop right back in and be where you were at before if you haven't done anything in a year. So, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, Hopefully the people that are uh, working their asses off are on your sort of on your side and team and you're going to give them opportunities. And so it'll work out. But uh, anyway, yeah, maybe we should move. To, uh, you've convinced us we're moving to Austin. Uh, Let's do it. All right. It's, uh, <laughs> I got stage awesome. time for you guys. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, it's great talking to you. Andrew is uh, Andrew J. Rivers on all of the things. Uh, what should folks follow? Probably Big Laugh, huh? Yeah, if, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Big Laugh Comedy Network. Um, and then we're on all the other social medias, but that's probably the best one just to follow us on. We get all the good shit on there. And we're doing stuff yeah. not just in Austin, but in San Antonio. And then we'll be doing something in San Marcos in the summer as well. And we'll probably be hitting up the other bigger cities. So um, we'll definitely have to have you guys come back out and uh play play some some time at the end sure. of the year so love to have oh, you guys. i loved you guys you guys run. were fucking fantastic you talk about like pros you guys were both super fucking professional coming through 
Uh, and it was fantastic to see that, you know, you guys kind of popped my cherry and you were very gentle. So I appreciate it. All right. That's, first That's fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that awesome. uh, it was like, wait a minute. I, yeah, last, oh, uh, last February, I did like a self-produced tour. And so I did about like a hundred seats in, in uh, Houston, San Antonio and Dallas, but I, I couldn't find a show in Austin. And uh, and now you've got this cool ass venue. So, uh, you know, we'll definitely plan our next tour through there. For sure, man. That'd be awesome. Awesome. I'm Corey Michaelis, comedy on all the things. This was Homeschool Podcast. Thanks and listen in next week, too. Bye. <laughs>